Amen. Let's give God a hand of praise for he is worthy. Amen. Amen. So glad to see you this morning. Um, so, so good for us and my, my wife and I to be here, to be with you, to worship God, and just to lift our voices. Anybody, anybody say amen to that? Yeah, it's so good to be here. Thank you, Keaton. Thank you for the worship team. Thank you for what you do to prepare. And um, Keaton and I text each other every Sunday morning about 6, 6 a.m. And uh, just praying for you. And I thank you for your friendship. Thank you for your heart. Thank you for building me an awesome table, too, by the way. All right. As you know, I was here, man, three or four months ago and shared with you that we were meeting um, outdoors for pop-up just due to COVID. And um, we met in our backyard. Uh, we met in a barn. I don't know if you've ever preached in a barn, but that's not what I was anticipating. But, man, can you get a better barn? I mean, if you're going to preach in a barn, at least let it be red. Amen. So Mia lives at the Red Barn Apartments, and they have graciously welcomed us in, and it was an amazing experience. But as you know, um, winter's coming, or at least we thought it was. We had anticipated some colder weather, and it's Arkansas, and it's not cold, you know. But we have finally moved indoors, and this is worth celebrating. For the first time since February 2020, Story Church met indoors for the first time. So can we give God a hand of praise for that? We celebrate that, and we thank God for... Just, man, giving us endurance and allowing us to do that. We are going to be meeting indoors um, in November, December, and January. So if you're thinking about us, every other week we're meeting together um, and trying to just uh, allow God to use us to influence what's happening in Bentonville. Um, and I want to say this because I, I I'm going to say it just because I need to hear myself say it because sometimes I doubt. But God is building his church. Okay, sometimes I'm not straight up. I just sometimes I wonder, and I'm like, God, this is how I, how I had it planned. We had an amazing weekend a couple of weekends ago on Halloween. We threw a big Halloween party uh, in our neighborhood, and we just didn't know what was going to happen. But by the grace of God and just through the power of the Holy Spirit, God moved in our neighborhood, and about a hundred people came through our our party there and our on Lucretia at Lucretia Road, and we had three great conversations with amazing neighbors, and by Sunday evening, we're eating dinner with one of, our fam one of our neighbors. Can we give God a hand of praise for building his church? So even when you can't see it, God is at work, and God is not finished with what's happening. Um, he is building his church because he said he would build his church. Um, but right now, I don't know about you, but I just feel like I'm, on a, I'm in a season of waiting. I've shared that with a lot of, a lot of those of you men and pastors here at Holland Chapel I just feel like I'm in a waiting period, and it's frustrating, and it's hard, and it's difficult, and I'm like, God, when are we ever going to start? And he's like, just trust me, trust the process. So our plan is to, in the, in the spring of 2021, we're going to launch our Sunday gatherings. That's if everything works out the way we think it will, which it won't. Can I get an amen? <laughs> right? And so you're like, but we're going to trust the process, and we're going to trust God. We have about a 45 adults that are meeting with us regularly, and we need to double that. So we really need God to just move through our launch team and just double the size of our launch team. So if you're praying, you're writing, jotting stuff down, pray that we can just double our launch team. But I want to say thank you to Holland Chapel for your love, for your support, and for your prayers. It's, sometimes it gets really lonely up there, and we, from time to time, we get, our, we get in our heads, and we think, is this really working, and then we just turn on Facebook Live, and we see you here worshiping, and we see you doing what God's calling you to do, so thank you for doing what you can do, so we can do what we can do, so praise God for that. 
Um, let's get to the word. If you have your copy of God's word, I invite you to turn to Psalm 23. I'm going to start in Psalm 23, and then we're going to end in John chapter 10. About four or five months ago, Pastor Todd called me and said, do you want to preach? And I said, he said, do you want to preach John chapter 10? I said, I don't care what I preach. I just want to preach. So I'm ready. And I'm already primed and ready. The first service, man, we blew the roof off this place. And so I think God's going to do it again. Can I get an amen? It ain't got nothing to do with me, but the Holy Spirit's going to move in a powerful way. I believe that with all my heart. So I love how Story Church and Holland Chapel, we share the same mission statement. So if you look on the screen, it's going to come up, and I want you to read that mission statement with me. Help me out. Here we go. One, two, three. We are helping people find and follow Jesus. Some of your lips aren't moving, so we're going to stay right here. If you're ready to go to lunch, I mean, let's, let's all say it together. But let's say our mission statement together, Story Church and Holland Chapel, helping people find and follow Jesus. That's our mission. That's what Story Church is about. That's what Holland Chapel is about. And that's our goal in life is when people come and connect with us, that's what we want to do. But hasn't 2020 been the year of inviting people into our lives and saying, I'm still trying to figure out how to find and follow Jesus, but why don't you lock arms and let's do this together? I don't know about you, but that's where I find myself. I felt like I found myself this past year in the middle of so many finding and follow Jesus, but in the middle of the unknowns and the uncertainties and the whys and the hows and the when. But I'm going to keep my eyes on Jesus because I'm going to keep finding and following him, and I invite you on the journey with me. That's where I've been. So today, as we work through the text and as we work through this passage of Scripture in John chapter 10, I have three questions that I want to give to you today. If you're taking notes, you can jot this down. Question number one, do you believe that Jesus is who he said he is and that he could do what he said he could do. Psalm 23, this is what it says in verse 1, the Lord is my shepherd. Would you just take that truth and speak it over your life? Just preach to yourself for just a minute. I'm handing you the mic, not really, and I want you to preach over your life. Here we go together, one, two, three. The Lord is my shepherd. Love that text. And then he says, I have all that I need. Quick question, what is your greatest need today? As you begin to ponder about your needs, what are your greatest needs? We would just throw out the three. The top three are food, clothing, and shelter. And isn't it crazy that all of us have all that we need? Isn't it amazing how God is a good God? And what we think we need, though, versus what God knows we need is two separate things. I wonder, as you think back over the past six months, what are the needs that you thought that you needed? And I'm so thankful to God that he doesn't always give me what I think I need. God, I think I need this. And you fill in the blank and you begin praying. He's like, no, you don't understand. You don't need that. I'm, your good, I'm, I'm the good shepherd. I am your, I'm your father and I know what you need. That's not what you need. Well, let's go back to Psalm 23 and think about Psalm 23. Who wrote it but David the great shepherd boy. He's a young shepherd boy who grew up taking care of his father's Jesse's sheep. Not just one, but an entire flock. And then you look at the first two words that we find in Psalm 23, verse 1. It says, the Lord, and it's all capitalized, and that's a Hebrew word, Jehovah. We go all the way back to Exodus when God introduced himself to Moses. And Moses was like, God, I don't know who to tell. What am I supposed to say? I don't even know your name. What am I supposed to say to these people when they ask me who sent me? And he said, tell them I am. Everybody say I am. I'm going to say it. No, you're not. 
I did in the first service, and I got you as well. You are not that big a deal. But the God of the universe said, I am. And I love that Hebrew word. That Hebrew word means literally, I learned this in seminary. Pastor Josh, I don't know where you're at. The Hebrew word is literally Jehovah or Yahavah, which literally means I will come to be that which I will come to be. And anytime someone spoke the word Jehovah, they were speaking of the one who would come to be. Somebody help me out. What's his name? That was terrible. What's his name? He's a big deal. He is the great I am. And the Jews were waiting for the Messiah to come. And they were waiting for the good shepherd to come. I I truly believe that every Jew knew Psalm 23. And they're waiting for the day that the good shepherd would literally put on flesh and actually come to be. And then we find ourselves in John chapter 10. And Jesus boldly proclaiming, go ahead and flip over there. John chapter 10, I am the good shepherd. I am the good shepherd. Look at John chapter 10. I want to look at verse 7. The second part, and he's saying these truths to his disciples and to all who were there. And he says in that very first phrase of verse 7, that very first part, he says, I tell you the truth. And it's not that big a deal when I say it's the truth. But when Jesus literally looks you in the eye and he tells you I'm telling the truth, can you take it to the bank? Okay? He says, I tell you the truth. Listen to me. I am the gate for the sheep. All who came before me were thieves and robbers, but the true sheep did not listen to them. Look at verse 9. Yes, I am the gate. Those who come in through me will be saved. These are bold statements that Jesus is making about himself. He's trying to convince his listeners that he is the Messiah. They will come and go freely and will find good pastures. So anybody ever been to a good pasture? Two of us? Awesome. Anybody ever been to a bad pasture? Yeah. I mean, that's a, only people in Arkansas would understand that. But isn't it amazing that God, the good, Jesus, the good shepherd, takes us only to good pastures to find what we need at just the right time? He said, I, I, I take you to those. They will come and go freely and will find good pastures. Verse 10, the thief's purpose is to steal, to kill, and destroy, right? But my purpose is to give them a rich And satisfying life. I went over to the NIV to get that other translation to help us understand it just a little bit better. Jesus said, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Can I get an amen? Isn't that good? That's what I want. That's what I want, Jesus. Look at verse 11. I am the good shepherd. I am the one who came to be. I am he. I am the Messiah. I am here. The good shepherd sacrifices his life for the sheep. A hired hand will run when he sees a wolf coming. He will abandon the sheep because they don't belong to him and he isn't their shepherd. And so the wolf attacks them and scatters the flock. Verse 13, the hired hand runs away because he's working only for the money and doesn't really care about the sheep. Verse 14, in case you missed it the other time that he said it, I am the good shepherd and I know my own sheep and they know me. You walk into a crowded room For the first time, what's the only thing that you hope? Just want to be known. I know this because my kids have went into three different schools in the past two years. And Lily, before she went to junior high this year, she said, Daddy, I just wish somebody knew my name. I just wish I could find somebody that knows me. Well, I'm going to give you a little something, something. We've been praying that Lily would find someone who knew her. And she spent the night with her on Friday night. Can we give God a hand of praise for that? 
right? I appreciate that golf clap. It's a big deal. We prayed hard that Lily would find someone. But what I told Lily is I said, Lily, you are known. The good shepherd knows you. You are known by the one who knows all. He knows you, and he knows your name, and he cares so much about you. Verse 15, just as my father knows me and I know the father, so I sacrificed my life for my sheep. So I want you to take yourself to the story, and I want you to imagine yourself in an unfamiliar area. Never been here before. You've never walked this path before. You grew up following the pack and just following the sheep in front of you. But this time you find yourself isolated, cold, damp, and hungry and afraid. You ever found yourself in a situation where you didn't know where you were? I have. Let me be honest with you. I've been in a situation even in 2020 And I ask myself and I ask God, God, why? God, I've never been here before. I've never walked this road before. This isn't what I had in mind. If I had $1,000 for every time I said that this year, I'd be a millionaire. Can I get an amen? This isn't what I wanted. This isn't how I had this plan, God. This isn't what I thought. I feel lost. I feel overwhelmed. I feel afraid. I'm questioning how is this going to work out? Are we ever going to launch our Sunday gatherings at Story Church? I feel alone. I feel I've left, I let myself become isolated. And then I ask myself, how did I get here? Then the bigger question plagues my mind. How do I get back home? I'm lost and I can't find my way. I need help. I don't think I know the way back. I'm lost. So I do what only I can do. Sit in silence. And I wait. And I wait. Is anyone there? Is there anyone around? Is there anybody here? Why am I alone? Does anyone care? And then I all of a sudden, out of nowhere, I hear this still small voice cry out to me, Aaron. Did, did you hear it? Did I hear something? Is someone there? I don't know if you've ever, I'm alone and I don't know where to go and I don't know what to do. And then I hear it again, Aaron. And then it begins to get louder and louder. And he he says, Aaron, Aaron. And I'm like, I've heard that voice before. I think I know that is the good shepherd. And he says to me, I'm here. I'm here. Did you hear me? Did you hear me call your name? I haven't gone anywhere. I'll never leave you or forsake you, Aaron. I'm here. Even though you feel alone, I'm here. It's me. It's Jesus. I am the good shepherd. Can we give God a hand of praise for that? Amen. I'm here. When you you hear that voice, when you hear that still, small voice, you know in your mind everything's going to be okay. Everything's going to work out. And this is what I tell my teenagers all the time. Um, we got teenagers in the house now, and they'll call me and say, Dad, you're not going to believe what just happened. I'm like, don't, just surprise me. I got myself in a mess, Dad, and I don't know what to do. I'm like, it's okay, I got you. Isn't that what the good shepherd does? How did you get here? How did you get in this situation? How did you, what did you do? The good shepherd doesn't look down at you like he's mad at you, that he's frustrated with you. He just picks you up and says, let's go home. 
Let's go home. Let's go back to where you know I'm going to lead you. I'm the good shepherd. And as your shepherd, this is my line. This is what Jesus says to me. Aaron, I've got you. I got you. I never expected you to hold it all together. I never expected you to hold your marriage and your family and hold your staff and hold together your launch team and when this church would launch. That's my job. I'm the good shepherd. I'm the one who knows what you need and I will give you exactly what you need. As a sheep of a good shepherd, we gotta run real quickly through John chapter 10 and just hear these truths. I'm not gonna take long, but you have to hear this. My shepherd knows my name. Did you hear that? Rest in that today. The shepherd knows your name. He's he's such a good shepherd that he knows your name and he calls you. And when he calls your name, you and I, we recognize his voice because he is the good shepherd. He protects me. My good shepherd knows my needs. When I need food or water, he comes and he gives me what I need. My good shepherd understands my fears. He picks me up and reassures me that I'm safe. Can we give God a hand of praise for being the good shepherd? All right, last question. Last question. Do you believe? Do you believe? I don't know about you guys, but from time to time, I become overwhelmed with life and what life is throwing my way. And I'm just like, God, I just don't know how I'm gonna do this. I just don't know that I have the faith to get through this. Well, I'm gonna let you know that what you have here at Holland Chapel, if you will look around, this is a very special thing, okay? And it's not the building. This is a Sunday school answer. It's the people. The people here at Holland Chapel, you look around and sometimes you find yourself overwhelmed. Sometimes you find yourself lost. Sometimes you're like, I don't know what to do. And you look over to the side and you say, can I borrow your faith? Because I'm, I'm overwhelmed. I'm scared and I don't know what to do. Can I borrow your faith? Can I introduce you to some amazing woman that lets me borrow her faith daily? Can you guys give my wife a hand and let her know how much? Come on up, baby. Come on up. Six feet apart. This is my ride or die girl. I was questioning whether or not I should say that. She's with me. She's not going anywhere. And I'm gonna tell you right now, I could not plant a second church without my rock. Because, you know, sometimes I get afraid and I come home and I'm like, baby, this is what happened today. Can you help me? And she comes to me and says, you know what? Can I borrow your faith? She's like, I got you. Right? And it's so good because when she needs me, I got her. But let me introduce you to someone else. Me, would you come up to the stage? Can you guys give me a hand? Let her know how much you appreciate her today. Now you see what God is doing. I said it in the very beginning of my message. Jesus said, I will build my church. Mia, I love you so much, and I'm so thankful that you are part of our team, that you would move from Chicago, that you met a guy named Reed Pfeiffer. Anybody know Reed Pfeiffer? Reed's like, you got to meet this girl. Her name's Mia. She's amazing. And I think she would be perfect for you and Russell. And you moved all the way from Chicago down to Northwest Arkansas during a pandemic, mind you, which is crazy to me. And she said, I want to sign on to be part of what God is doing in Northwest Arkansas. So thank you for your creativeness. Thank you for your worship. And she always, this is what she does so well. She takes our hearts and she points it right back to Jesus and the word. Thank you for being you. Give her a hand, would you? Izzy, come on up. So Izzy came with Mia. Izzy is Mia's friend from Colorado. And she said, you know what? I, I want to be part of what's happening in Northwest Arkansas. You see, you don't understand. Like, these are my people. 
Like Izzy, sometimes I, I'm afraid, and sometimes even as the pastor and the church planner who's supposed to have all the answers, I come over to Izzy and I'm like, can I borrow a little bit of faith? Because today's just not a good day. This week has been really hard for me. Can I borrow your faith and your creativity? And I said this in the first service, thank you for loving my wife and my daughter so well. Lily loves you so much. Can you guys give her a hand? Amen. Then I got one more, one more, my friends. Tamario, come on up. Can you guys give Tamario a hand? See, this is crazy. He's the man. I absolutely do not know what I would do without Tamario in my life. And you know what, what's crazy is God knew long ago that he would be introduced to a place called Holland Chapel and play basketball right over there. And that you would know this place. Years later, you would do what you need to do, but you would move to Northwest Arkansas and then we would meet. And then he would become my right-hand man. See, Thursday evening last last week, I called tomorrow. I'm like, dude, I can't set up church tomorrow. I feel terrible. Is there any way that you could just like pick it up and do it for me? He came and got my truck. He went over to the storage shed and he loaded my truck and he set church up. Why? Because I needed his faith. Because I needed his strength. Because I couldn't do it. And God said, you need to lean into your team and let your team take this one. And they knocked it out of the park. And all they did was show up. Can we give God a hand for praise for all these people? So before they, before they go, you're like, what's going on in Northwest Arkansas? Right here. This is just half of our team. God is building his church. And he's putting this amazing team together so that I can borrow your faith and your faith and your faith and your faith. Please have a seat. Good job. Thank you so much. I want you to know there are faces and names with what God is doing in Story Church. And I'm just going to tell you right now, I could not do this without this team. God knew that I needed them. And sometimes they push me towards the good shepherd. So I'm going to ask you this question again. Do you believe? Well, Holland Chapel, here's the crazy thing. You have a team just like I do. You look around and you're wondering, how am I going to make it? You look to your right or to your left and say, man, can I get a little something? I'm, I'm having a hard week. Can I borrow your faith? I'm going to ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes. I want to finish with Psalm 23. I want to read it over you, but before I do, if you're here today or you're watching online and you're hearing about this Jesus guy for the first time and this, this Jesus that we're talking about, and you're like, I really would like to have that. I want that. I want what you have. Well, I'm here to tell you today that Jesus Christ died on a cross He's the good shepherd. And he laid down his life for you so that you could be saved. And if you will believe that Jesus Christ came and lived and died, and you will receive that gift of salvation, he will save you. And he will give you a home in heaven when you die. Right now, I want to read Psalm 23 over you. I don't know where you find yourself today. Overwhelmed. Afraid not knowing how it's going to turn out, not knowing what's going to happen, not knowing what the future looks like, I want you to know today that there's a God in the universe who knows. And this is what he says to you. The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. He lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. He renews my strength guides me along right past, bringing honor to his name. 
even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid for you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. God, you prepare a, a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. You honor me by anointing my head with oil. My cup overflows with blessing. Surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life, and I will live in the house of the Lord forever. Now, God, for just a moment, we sit and we listen for the voice of the Good Shepherd. The Good Shepherd is calling our name. He just wants to spend time with us. And wherever we find ourselves today, He is not afraid. He's not running away. He's right there with us. And he speaks our name. And he cries out and he calls out to us. And he says our name. So we just, just God, just for 15 seconds, we sit right here, right where we are. And we listen. We're reminded that you are our shepherd. I love these people more than words can even express. God, church planning is hard, and it's lonely. Sometimes I wonder how it's all going to work out, but God, when I come back and I spend time with my people, when I spend time with Holland Chapel and our team, Story Church team, we're here and we get to see the people that love us. They pray for us, they support us, and they believe in us even when we don't believe in ourselves. God, I'm not even going to lie, God, there's been so many times over the past six, eight, Months when I've just wondered how this is all going to work out. But through the power of the Holy Spirit and the Word of God, it encourages me that the Good Shepherd is here and He's protecting and He's providing and He's leading me to good pastures. And I thank you for that. We love you. We praise you. We thank you for all that you've done. It's in Jesus' name we pray and everybody said.